0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, September 9th, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. The response to September 11th, 2001 within the United States hinged on a false insight, according to Cato Institute senior fellow Doug Bandau. He argues that President Bush and others were flat wrong to claim that the United States was attacked for its freedoms. He argues the overreaction carried out by the federal government was costly in terms of civil liberties, blood and treasure.
1: Well, the error was to assume that we were attacked because we were so free. And I think the problem there is, you know, terrorism is not new, that President Bush seemed to think that this was a unique experience. What we know is terrorism, though awful, though immoral, though terrible, is a tool that has been used throughout history. Czars were murdered by terrorists. World War I was triggered by a terrorist who killed the Archduke, the heir apparent of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Terrorists have been active against Russia, against Israel, Sri Lanka, India. So this is not a new experience. We have to recognize we were attacked because of specific policies that the U.S. government was active in that created a counter-reaction. It didn't justify it. But he seemed to re- he responded in a very different way, not recognizing that, and I think that left us' you know, very ill served the last decade
0: and What are some of the ripple effects from that i mean it, in terms of the uh, change in this white House's posture, it seems almost inevitable that they would go from the no nation building strategy to uh, one that involves a lot more involvement around the world to try to put things right uh, but what are some of the ripple effects from this this Central error that we were attacked because we are free,
1: well, it really created this notion of this global war on terror, and what we wanted to do is respond to the people attacking us. You know, I mean the kind of global war on terror is kind of like the global war on out of the artillery shells or something I mean this is a a technique a tactic people used. And the focus needed to be on, you know, why are they doing this against us? So you have to, you, number one is you want to kill or capture the bad guys. That's important. But you also want to adopt policies that make it less likely there will be bad guys out there trying to kill us. Instead, what he did is adopted a very kind of activist, interventionist, militarist policy highlighted by two nation building exercises, Iraq and Afghanistan where Afghanistan went from being punished the bad guys, which made sense, the guys who hosted terrorists, to let's try to create a competent, honest government in central government in Kabul. And then Iraq, of course, going after a country that had not had anything to do with 9-11. It turns out it didn't have weapons of mass destruction. It really led us down an entirely different path away from dealing with terrorism to the contrary, it created terrorists, a whole new offshoot of Al-Qaeda, showed up in uh, Iraq, killing Americans, killing Iraqis. And some of those people have shown up now in Libya, part of the victorious army. So this kind of militarization of the policy, this idea that suddenly going to war was the answer to terrorism, I think was a terrible
0: error. 9-11, of course, had impacts on Americans. And I think Americans' civil liberties have been more affected uh, than, they, than other acts of terrorism have affected people's liberties around the world.
1: Well, it's interesting. You look at Europe. They had a long history of dealing with terrorism. You know, these are countries that came out of World War II where they were the battlefield. I mean, they suffered terribly in these huge wars. So for them, they recognized that terrorism, while evil, while awful, was not an existential threat. It wasn't threatening to destroy their society. I think that we saw an enormous overreaction of the Bush administration. I mean, what happened was absolutely terrible. I mean, you visit, you know, (laughs) Ground Zero in New York City. I mean, you, you recognize what was once there. I mean, I remember... You know, the the buildings that were there, I visited them. I went to a world chess match there, and, and you realize those came down. It was an awful thing. Nevertheless, it wasn't the destruction of our society. So I think you see in Europe a much more measured response. You see the same thing in Norway after the recent horrible terrorist act. I mean, it killed dozens of young people, but they didn't t- kind of turn their entire society upside down. And what we saw here, you know, Randolph Bourne as a social you know, activist back in the 20th century, and he, his comment was war is the health of the state. And what we saw is this kind of tremendous assault on civil liberties And the the Constitution is not a suicide pact, but if you increase government power, you want to do it carefully, you want to do it in ways that clearly address the threat, you want to do it in ways in which the government's held accountable for its action. Instead, the Bush administration essentially said the president is an elective dictator. If He says it's war powers. He can do anything. Well, now, this is a frightening concept where you figure the war is unending. I mean, the war on terrorism, what president's going to say it's over and where the battlefield is America? So they went to the, you know, they even claimed that the president could order the arrest of an American citizen who could be held indefinitely in detention without access to the courts or a lawyer. Well, we're no longer a republic if we do that. And that, I would argue, is not only bad for civil liberties, it really shows, it's almost panic. It's a loss of confidence where we didn't believe that our republican institutions, our democratic institutions, our constitution could withstand dealing with terrorism. And I think that really underestimated the strength of America. What now? Well, you know the, the tragedy with with the president uh, Obama is he came into office critical, it would seem, of the of President Bush's foreign policy and the kind of militarization of policy. He came in critical on civil liberties and it suggested he was really going to have change. I mean, he talked a lot about change, but if you look at most of these policies, this overreaction, there hasn't been very much change. I mean, what we see is President Obama wants to keep troops in Iraq. He doesn't want to bring them home. They're supposed to come home uh, all of them in December. He's had kind of a double surge in Afghanistan, where we've now doubled the number of troops. You know, we're, we're kind of more engaged than ever. More have died, uh, more Americans have died in Afghanistan under President Obama than under President Bush. So he's intensified that action. He started his own war with Libya. So, you know, on the foreign policy front, Obama has been even more activist in certain ways than, than President Bush. And on the civil liberties side, you know, there really has been very little change. I mean, almost all the bad policies policies of the uh, Bush administration remain in place. The Obama administration has defended many of the policies of government secrecy and trials and everything. So I think there's a real tragedy that there is an opportunity for President Obama to pull back from these policies, adopt a new tone. We haven't seen that. And I haven't seen, you know, you look at the upcoming election, is there anyone there who's really going to push these issues? And we haven't seen that coming from at least the candidates seen as the central candidates to challenge President Obama. And that, I think, is a real tragedy, because that's what we have to change. We have to we basically have to challenge that and say let's reclaim what makes America great let 's defend America in ways that affirm america 's strength, America 's constitutional liberties, you know America 's vision of freedom.
0: To what extent have uh, all of these efforts you know, if you want to pick some out, feel free, how have these ef- efforts affected our actual safety in the face of this non existential threat? Of terrorism. I think most people would agree that uh, going into Afghanistan and dealing with the Taliban was an appropriate measure, but there's a lot has happened since then.
1: I think a couple of things have happened that really have made us less secure one of which is unnecessary wars. I think without doubt what was done in Iraq was a, a catastrophe. I mean, this was a geopolitical catastrophe. I mean, among other things, it strengthened Iran. It took away the one real restraining force on Iran. It created an allied state next door. It gave Iran you know, increased influence. That's hardly a good thing. The war in Iraq, I mean, devastated Iraq. I mean, tragic there, a couple hundred thousand dead Iraqis, you know, hundreds of thousands wounded, millions displaced, I mean, unsettled the whole region. It also created Al Al Qaeda within Iraq, and some of those people have bled out elsewhere. We see that in Libya, for example. It's also the image of things like Abu Ghraib. You know, I think tarnished America's image in a very powerful way. You saw that picked up by terrorists. You also saw that, though, picked up by allies who are less willing to work with us. And in many ways, America's leadership position very much challenged because how can we go out and denounce terror? You know, kind of. torture in China or somewhere if we're busy torturing people ourselves. And I think that has really hurt us image. It's hurt us cooperation. It's made us more vulnerable for people to use the same tactics against us.
0: Doug Bandow is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.